Um, so I just want to know how many podcast reviews it thinks it takes it takes for us to like cure our, our childhood trauma. <laughs> like, how many good <laughs> podcast reviews will it take? On your <laughs> professional opinion, my pro- we've got a lot of actually we have a lot of reviews, like more than a lot of we other have podcasts. Four hundred and forty reviews. That's really good, yeah. but like to cure my childhood trauma, oh. I need at least one a week, like at least once. I'd say five stars. Yeah. Yeah. At least one five star review a week at least and and no, no other reviews. And then if we get like a bad review, if we get like a bad review. It just bad. It just then I need sets us back. Oh, you need another 10 to make up for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But luckily we haven't had a bad one in a while. No, we've had Don't a consistent stream of good reviews, mm-hmm. thankfully, and we just got a really nice one, actually, and that's what made made me think of it um, to start this episode, that I, I'd really love to share it with our audience, because sure. I feel like this person is just someone we would really get along with and like in real life as well, and I have no idea who they are, mm-hmm. um, but they're, I believe, from Hamilton, or at least know of Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. So they say funny, irreverent, and deliciously creepy paranormal events. Five stars. Nicolina and Marie are wonderful hosts. Listening to an episode is like a fun night in with friends. Easy banter, lots of laughs, and quirky add-ons like Fuck Mary Kill keep the show moving along with minimal intrusion from advertisements. They each re- research and share a paranormal story each week, including listener submitted material. Love this show, and total bonus is they are Canadian girls from Hamilton. Give it a try. And that was from Far Faith, so it just says from Canada. Um, Far Faith, we just they must just know of Hamilton. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know where they're from, but either way, um, we can be friends. Either way, (laughs) totally. (laughs) And, And you know what? That review answered a lot of questions I had about a lot of things. I'm gonna be honest. So I've always wondered if people genuinely enjoyed fuck mary kill as much as we enjoy fuck mary uh-huh. kill at the end of each episode yeah. um and i really love that people like that because as much as it's not super paranormal i do feel like it still sticks with the the tone of the episode mm-hmm. and i'm so glad that people enjoy that so thanks for letting us know that you enjoy that and i also um wanted to know how people felt about our advertisements because we just started to monetize our actual episodes and I've always been hesitant about having advertisements within the show and like interrupting content luckily we do have a show that has a natural kind of two parts Mm -hmm. So that helps with our ads, but I've always wondered if people are annoyed and like stop listening because of our mm-hmm. ads. I've I've always kind of wondered that. And I'm just glad that they feel like there's minimal intrusion from the ads. Yeah, for sure. Um, because because we do try like we just to give you guys some context, we actually when we put our ad, when we put our episodes out, the platform we use for advertisements tells us you guys have to add more or less so we always put like the bare minimum amount yeah. of what they advise us to put um because we don't want to inundate our listeners with advertisements like even if it is a 50 minute episode like 
four is the absolute max that I think we'll ever, ever put in. And they're usually like 30 second ones. Like they're, they're pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So what a helpful review that was. Thanks. Yeah. That was a very helpful review and, and I'm, I'm glad far faith that you're uh you're enjoying with an angel (laughs) i also we also had a person and i don't know if it's the same person (laughs) message us i don't know if you saw this no i don't think so (laughs) no okay i will find it um her name is steph goocher okay um and she said i just wanted to tell you that my six-year-old son and i love listening to your podcast (laughs) Today, I tried to put on a kid pod and he said, Mom, I want to listen to the spooky girls. I I was like, oh no. I was at first I was like, oh my God, that's adorable. Then I was like, oh no. Oh no. I'm like, uh, I'm like, that's incredible, but I hope he's okay. Parentheses. I hope you're okay with our casual F-bombs. And she's like, ah, yeah, I'm a bad parent. And he hears no, them from not. me all the time. She's not a bad parent. That's amazing. I just, you're just schooling him yeah. on what to ex- expect when he gets older. It's fine. The, the paranormal world. <laughs> that just tugged yeah. at my uterus because I, I don't know if I've announced on the podcast yet, but I'm having a son. So, oh yeah, I don't know if you've announced you're having a son. I haven't announced we, it anywhere. We know a baby. Yeah, I haven't. Didn't post anything on Instagram. I don't really care. Like, I not like I just I just it's not like an important thing for me for people to know what no. sex my baby is. But that just made me think about like having a son and him listening to yeah. my podcast. Yeah. Him listening to your podcast <laughs> and being like, I hate you. I feel like there's a few episodes we'd have to go back and delete, delete before delete, he delete. becomes of <laughs> listening age. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I just want to start with that. So and sweet. I also wanted to say a big shout out and a thank you to Jackie, who has become a patron. And I really we really appreciate you for listening and supporting. And um, yeah, we we really haven't been keeping up with a lot of new content on Patreon, but uh, hopefully soon once kind of summer dies down and we kind of, now that we're both double vaxxed and can do things in person, we can probably get back to, get back to creating um, more stuff for you guys through, through Patreon Mm -hmm. and and doing some live Q and A's and stuff like that. Yeah. And finally get our, we've, Basically, the whole pandemic obviously threw a wrench in everybody's plans and everybody's lives, including ours. So we haven't yep. actually been in the same room in like how, how long? Like I can't even remember the last time I eight eight months. So I haven't even seen you in person in eight months. And then I may have seen you when? in passing. When I'm not sure when. Like, I, really I really can't don't remember know when it was, yeah. but I know. No, I honestly don't think don't I've think seen you so. from before New Year's. Before we went into our like Third Christmas lockdown. lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited because I think next week I'm going to come over and we're going to record in person because we are both double vaxxed now and we've been double vaxxed. I think. Well, I've been double vaxxed for a few weeks. You've been double vaxxed for a few days now, right? 
Yeah, it's only been four days. Oh, like, that's I've been, still like, fine. Past the two week mark. You're fine. For four yeah. Days. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then we can start, yeah, working on releasing some new Patreon stuff because right before the pandemic, our plan was to like rebrand, get merch out, and things like that. And now that yep. we finally have some money coming in from advertisers and from our patrons, we've literally squirreled it all away we haven't touched any of it we haven't touched so it. Mm-hmm. we've got a nice little nest egg to rebrand and finally give back to our patrons who've been donating to us so we're one thousand percent super excited to finally be able to do that for you guys because you guys do so much for us yeah so yeah that'll probably come i want to say september because yeah. we actually get our advertising money in september yeah like end of August or something like that so mm-hmm. that'll help as well with with the rebrand and uh getting uh, a designer and everything to help us out on uh on some some flashy new yeah because we're not like artistes that. we're just the face of the operation um, exactly yeah. we're just the brains and the we're face, the talent okay? <laughs> yes okay um okay so obviously this is a hometown haunts episode and um we have gotten some personal real life true story spooky stories to tell um i have i have one it's quite long um i don't know if i'll do a second depending on the length of it but there's no name of the person who posted this it is a like a human mm-hmm. person oh, who posted okay. it, but the the username was deleted, so I have no idea who they are. But the the story's pretty good. So, um, they say I have a tale. This is my parents' story, <laughs> but it is so good the internet needs it. I literally <laughs> pictured them with like a tail, like a human. <laughs> I have a tail. I have a tail, and and a story to share with you. <laughs> End of story. I have a tail okay it's horrifying um sorry for the extreme length this is like a two-hour story when my parents tell it they remember it even more vividly than I could type about this is 100% real if you think otherwise bugger bugger off so uh, part one is called Mequin and that's in Connecticut I believe Mequin Wisconsin sorry that's what I meant So back in the 80s, my parents had just gotten married, graduated from college, and had my big brother. They moved into a small house in a very affluent neighborhood north of Milwaukee. The house was surprisingly in their budget, again, just graduated from college and med school with a little one, but was the smallest on the block. My parents made an offer that was a few under the asking price. Two other couples offered more than the asking, bidding war. However, The old man that owned the house rejected both of those offers and said he wanted my folks to have it. He said he and his late wife would have both agreed it was the right thing to do. I wish people were still like that because they're definitely not. No, they're definitely not. (laughs) Oh my God. Remember the days when... (laughs) When it was the right thing to do. (laughs) When doing the right thing was the thing that you did. Um, (laughs) My folks are super grateful and are extremely excited to be living in the neighborhood. There are many youngsters, so my brother had lots of playtime. Life was very good. Then, shit starts going down. Part 2. Red Light The first thing was the basement. So during this time, my mom stayed at home with my brother and my dad was getting his practice started. He worked super late and was only home on Sundays, basically. 
My mom did laundry in the basement, and one day when she was walking upstairs, a red light at the bottom of the stairs turned on. Now, I am told this is a super bright light, and the switch for it was taken out long ago. It is almost like a fallout shelter emergency light with a cage on it. My mom didn't know what to think, so she starts going downstairs to investigate. The light turns off. She figures that maybe it was some sort of surge. The next day, she goes downstairs again, comes up, the light is on again. Again, starts walking down, and it turns off. She does not shrug it off this time. She waits a bit at the bottom of the stairs and then walks back upstairs. The light turns on and she runs down this time to catch it, only this time it starts flashing like a strobe light before she can even reach the bottom. She noped the fuck out the house so quickly with my brother and didn't go back the rest of the day. The light never turned on for my dad or turned on again after that day. Part 3. Knock Knock After the red light thing, my mom is naturally shook up. She is scared to go downstairs without my dad, rightfully so. But there was something that started before the red light, but escalated after. Knocking. My parents figured this was originally just natural sounds of the house as it was fairly old. It would be very sporadic and very infrequent, until one night, my parents were in bed chatting about the day, bills, etc. Then they start hearing knocking. It started in their room under the bed, then on the walls and ceiling. It would be about 30 seconds apart, and they could not find a source. Then it sounded like knocking was outside their room. So they got up and tried to follow the sound and find where it was. They went all over the house trying to figure out where it came from. Every time they thought they found the source, it would jump to a different side of the room. They eventually were in the foyer living room and tracked the knocking super frequently and super loud to the foyer closet. My mom had a fireplace poker in hand and my dad a bat. He kept crept towards the closet, and as he reached out for the doorknob, a voice calls out to him, knock, knock. Oh, no way. Ah! No. I'm, I just got chills. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> End the episode. Close the laptop <laughs> He swung the doors open. There was nothing there, and all the knocking stopped. My parents could do nothing but stare at each other. Neither of them slept that night. Part four. It pushed me. After the red light and knock knock, my parents are wary of this house. My mom is on the verge of a breakdown and not dealing with this well at all. Remember, she is in this house all day with this nonsense. My dad is usually more skeptical towards this kind of stuff, but he knows something is very wrong and thinks my mom is totally justified in her feelings. Well, we fast forward a few weeks, maybe even a month. It's a normal night like any other. My parents are asleep in their room, my brother in his. In the middle of the night, my mom suspects 2 to 3 a.m., can't be certain being all drowsy, my parents wake up to a huge thud. Immediately, my parents jump up and hear my brother is awake calling for them. They rush into his room and he is laying down in the very center of the room on the floor with his blanket perfectly taut and draped on him, as though he was tucked into bed but on the ground at least five feet from his bed. My parents pick him up and ask him what happened. He responds pointing to the closet. It pushed me. The fox pushed me. The fox. My dad opens the closet, rifles through everything looking for an animal, and of course finds nothing. 
So this is weird, right? Why would a three-year-old say such a thing? Well, in this moment, my parents remembered the last name of the old man that sold them the house was named Fox. Part five, reconciliation. I shit you not, my parents freaked out on this. There were too many things going on. My mom refused to let herself and my brother stay in the house, especially since she was now pregnant with my sister. My dad decided he was going to take care of this. Again, he is not a superstitious man. He is a doctor and a man of logic. However, he knew there was something going on with this house. A night or two after the Fox incident, my dad sat down in the living room and had a talk with the spirit of the house. He said this, I don't know if you are real. I do not know if you are Mrs. Fox, but I do know this. You are going to stop. We are a peaceful and loving family. If you are Mrs. Fox, your husband would be ashamed of you. He wanted us to have our family here because he knew you would want us to. Just as you raised your family here, I want to do the same. You may stay here as long as you like, but you cannot do this to us anymore. I am sorry for your passing and for your pain, but you cannot take it out on us. My wife is pregnant and you are causing her loads of stress. You even went after my son. This will stop or I will seek out someone who will make it stop. Thank you. Good night. After this, nothing bad happened to my family again. There were no lights, knocks, or foxes. But, this is the craziest thing ever, there was one final thing. In a wooden cabinet that my mom bought at a neighborhood garage sale a few days after they moved into this house, there was a card, an anniversary card. It said, happy anniversary, name and name, Fox. Like, addressed from Fox. This was found two days after my parents' anniversary in June, after they moved the cabinet to the other side of the room. They had owned the cabinet since they moved into the house and had not seen the old man since they bought the house either. My parents have moved many times over the years and lost the card inevitably. We still have the cabinet. It sits in our cabin to this day. The end. But wait, he forgot this one part that seems like insane. So he goes, I forgot something from part four. My brother was in the middle of the room put to bed on the floor where when he was put to bed on the floor. After all the dust had settled, my parents started renovating the house. They wanted to put carpet in my brother's room. So they tore up the tile fake flooring stuff. And to quote my dad, right where your fucking brother was laying on the floor that night, there was a blood stain. No. Mrs. Fox had died in the house in my brother's room. She was very ill, but fell while trying to replace the light in the room. Mrs. Fox. Oh my god. And that's shit, man. The story. That's the story of Mr. and Mrs. That's Fox. That's the story by an anonymous writer, oh my god, reader. That's so scary. Contributor. She's <laughs> Louise. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I you got one for me. I've got one for you. So um Great. this one is uh from <laughs> the username possessed TW. So maybe trigger warning. I don't know. Uh, But that's their username. So that's fine. Um, So they say, I've never told anyone or I've never told the story to anyone because one, just talking about it freaks me out. And two, I know 99% of people won't believe me. But here's to you. Warning, it's a pretty long post here about exorcisms and stuff. Uh, don't read if you don't want to believe and if you want to sleep tonight. And I was like, I don't care about either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I yeah, basically, <laughs> I am a six foot two, rather fit man. I practice 
Aikido, and I don't know what Aikido is. I should have looked that up. So if anybody knows, let us know. And I can bench press 240. So good for you. Um, is this his Tinder profile? What is happening? Uh, oh, shit. Wrong app. <laughs> <laughs> okay um my father and his brothers are pretty much now now i the entire time i'm reading this i'm gonna read it as if it's his tinder (laughs) sorry my father and his brothers are pretty much as tall as i am maybe less strong due to age although most of them have been in fighting sports for a while one of my aunts is about 5'4", probably weighs like 110 pounds at best. Oh, this is why it's important. I remember now. Okay. So they're they're okay, a strong okay. and large family. Except the ladies, I guess, are tiny. Um, okay. There was this time when she really went plain crazy. She would get incredibly angry, out of control at random times, spitting nonsense words, and there would be absolutely no way I or my father or both of us would be able to get her down. This felt like... So then he, I don't know what these words mean, but I'm going to say them anyways. This felt like DBZ Yamka trying to get perfect sell into a UFC submission. And I was like, that's relatable. <laughs> I know exactly what those words mean. I totally get that. <laughs> She had 10 times my strength. We needed to be four of us to actually pin her down and get her to stop moving until she calmed down. So I'm just quick aside from this story. Uh, So it just reminded me, though, like when your adrenaline is going and you're just acting crazy, um, crazy shit can happen. Like when I was seven years old, I was very afraid of needles and I had to go get a needle. And uh, I remember it was at the hospital for something and it took seven nurses to hold my tiny body down because I was fighting them physically. I did the same thing. (laughs) I have done the same thing. I when I was in the hospital, I was blackout drunk and they tried to put an IV in me and I do not like IVs at all like the thought of them makes me want to pass out Mm -hmm. I ripped it out three times and like a whole team of people yeah a whole team of people were like trying to get it in me and I was like I was not (laughs) awake for that I have no idea I wouldn't have done it if I was awake because I wouldn't have wanted to look at it or deal with it but I was like get the fuck away from me and just kept ripping it out that's even worse than them just putting the needle in (laughs) I know anyway so like I guess I'm just saying, like, if you're determined enough, it could take seven grown women to hold down a tiny little child. So Mm -hmm. we're getting back to the story. This was extremely scary, obviously. She could just pop off any time and go crazy. Now, I didn't believe in the supernatural, but my grandmother, a rather traditional Moroccan woman, was convinced that she was possessed. And honestly, it really felt like it. For those who don't know it, Morocco has a pretty big culture about supernatural, sorcery, possessed, exorcism shit. So most of the elders in the family firmly believe in it. Fast forward a few months later, when it was getting way too difficult for us to handle her, my uncle contacted a good friend in Morocco who has an exorcist in his family. The exorcist asked us to do one rather twisted thing. 
He asked my aunt if she could put a drop of her blood in a glass of water and leave the glass somewhere in the apartment while she was sleeping, but not next to her. While we were reluctant, but my grandmother forced her to do it. In the morning, the glass was empty. I'm still convinced that she probably just woke up at night and drank it, but the exorcist's version was that she is possessed by a demon and giving him this blood was just a way for you to welcome him in and calm him down temporarily and she needs to go see an exorcist ASAP. So now we're getting convinced that he was right, seeing her often getting crazier and crazier. In desperate times, sometimes you just choose to believe in a possible solution. So at this point, I decided to believe in what he said, and we had to go get proof that he was right. We lived in France, and we decided to drive to Morocco, about 1,500 kilometers driving and a six-hour boat ride, and then another 500 kilometers once we were in Morocco again. During the drive, I've never been as scared as I was this day. I was sitting down in the back on the right, my father was on the left, and my aunt was between us. She went crazy at some point. We couldn't really hold her as she was trying to hit my uncle while he was driving. We almost ran into a wall. My father had to, dangerously, choke her until she lost some strength. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Here we as she does as as is normal. Here we are in Morocco, yeah. getting to this village known as one of the biggest places in the country where sorcery happens, and I believe it's pronounced Sefru, so S E F R O U. Rather creepy place, and not in a conventional creepy way. What we know of creepy is just what horror movies show us. The African creepy is on another level. These are not my words. These are this person's words. We get to meet this exorcist guy. He asks us to bring a sheep to sacrifice and tells us we should bring him the sheep's guts back to him for the exorcism to happen. My father and uncle take care of this. Me, I'm fucking scared. As stated earlier, I don't believe in this shit. I decided because honestly the situation, I decided to because honestly the situation just called for it. But at this point, in a fucking spooky village in the middle of Morocco, where we're advised to never eat anything outside or accept anything from strangers who might try to curse us, where everything just looks twisted AF, I was really losing it and I could not wait to leave this place forever. On the following day, we went to the exorcists and brought him the guts. He put them in a bowl asked that if we were feeling strong enough that we should stay with him as more people would make it easier to exercise my aunt. Well, I really wanted to leave, but seeing that everybody was staying, I stayed as well. Could you imagine? You're like, yeah, I'm just going to go. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's good? Bye. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> my aunt is lying down in front of us next to the bowl. We're sitting down around her holding hands and the exorcist starts saying stuff that I can't understand. It was traditional Arabic and not a Moroccan dialect. He got sweaty as he was talking faster. I saw my aunt twitching in what looked like pain, and then the lights went out. Holy shit, I think I peed my pants at this moment. The exorcist screamed something, my aunt screamed as well, and then it was total silence. I think the silence was for about 30 seconds, but it felt like hours. The exorcist's assistant then came in with a lamp, and we saw that both my aunt and the exorcist had passed out. 
The bowl is on the floor and the guts next to it and the guts had turned black. I'm having goosebumps just writing that and repicturing it. The assistant urged us to not touch the guts at any cost. The exorcist woke up and went to put some water on his face and then told us to follow him. We went to a nearby hill to the top of it and he asked us to burn the guts right there as the demon was now possessing the sheep and we could now get rid of it. I've never seen my aunt showing any problem whatsoever since this day. Her crisis periods never happened again, and she never went back to this angry mode. And to this day, that honestly just still scares the crap out of me. Just seeing her now still gives me the chills. And the worst part is her sons love me, but I really have trouble being around her as I'm genuinely scared and they don't know why. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, sorry for the extra long post. It's really the first time I've shared the story and I'm shaking on my keyboard right now. After this (laughs) event, I grew really interested in the whole Moroccan demon mythology and I learned a lot about it. I don't believe now I don't. Oh, now I don't believe they exist. I know they exist and they don't make much Mm. difference anyway, aside from this kind of event. If you actually want to know more, feel free to ask me details. I actually talk more in details with the same exorcist guy and holy shit the world is big and deep and we don't understand even one tenth of it and that's the story of the moroccan exorcist that's wild yeah i thought so i mean the whole time i just felt really bad for the, sheep? the goat Me too. But the sheeps <laughs> yeah samesies bro <laughs> anyway well um those are two long long ones so yeah. i think we're uh we can wrap it up and we can save some for, for next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other ones that I was going to tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, that's showbiz, baby. Yeah, stay spooky, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 